1: And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're
2: listening to the Faith Ray Network.
1: <laughs> we invite people of all backgrounds to share their stories. Through nuanced
0: conversations and forward thinking
1: and not taking ourselves too seriously
2: everyone's story matters
3: every voice is important
2: life is polarizing but not everything is black and white come join us as we fade to gray Welcome back, Fade to Gray listeners. This is Chris, and we've got a very special show for you today. But before we get to the show, I wanted to remind everyone that we have the Fade to Gray Network, and it's available right now with all sorts of content from every single podcast from the Fade to Gray Network that you love. I'm talking mental. Mostly. Four in tow. Nope the recast <laughs> movies that molded me your atheist pastor it's incredible wherever podcasts are listened to you can go to fade to gray network and get these shows Well, we got like maybe like 14 episodes already up
0: yep 12 Is mental right? episodes and one foreign tome episode.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of movies that molded me so uh it's really really There's, great and um, your
3: atheist pastor has had two episodes out pretty quickly so she's yeah. also contributing so give her some yeah. praise
2: and definitely a couple of Reapcast as well. So it's it's yes. great. It's really cool. We highly recommend that you go and check that out. It means a lot to us that you would go and subscribe to that. Um, today, we have a very special guest from all the way on the other side of the world. Um, he is a Nigerian pastor. Wisdom, please tell us a little bit about yourself, man.
4: Thank you guys for having me. Uh, Wisdom Osaze Amedu is uh, the complete name. You know, so so I don't stress uh, a lot of people out with the, you know, it's kind of odd. We give names here that uh, that uh, they sound strange, you know, so I go with Wisdom Grace Man to be able to uh, introduce myself uh, easily. Uh, I'm a pastor, like you said, uh, but I don't call myself a Christian anymore. Uh, then uh, okay. a husband and mm. a father of two kids. So I'm here. In- <laughs> I'm here in Nigeria. So a Nigerian, and I've been here all my life. You know, doing gospel and just until uh, my eyes open to stops, You know that uh, I. I used to believe that digging deep into them I found that they were just crap and I had to uh, I had <laughs> yeah. to get out of them and it's a new journey a whole uh, a whole new world you know for me especially in the in my society mm-hmm. in my culture it is strange to see people who uh, tend to think differently and they don't see things in the in the usual way so, it's not easy, but I believe uh, it's better. So I have peace within me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have to live to please anybody. I'm just free. And so that is wisdom. Uh, I'm happy, glad to be here. Thank you, guys.
1: Yeah, that's an amazing introduction um, to get into your story. There's a few things there I think that probably uh, perked up a few people's ears, like myself, about being a pastor but no longer consider yourself a Christian. We'll definitely want to get into that, but just for for all of our, all of our sake, who maybe are not not familiar with your culture at all, um, what's Nigerian culture like? Is it predominantly Christian? Was your, was your family Christian? Were you born into that? Or is it something like missionaries came over? Um, kind of give us like, kind of like a snapshot into your history of how you became Christian and what, and what the atmosphere is like.
4: All right, all right. Thank Great you, question. thank you. Um, Nigeria wasn't uh, all uh, a Christian society from the onset. We had our uh, traditional religion, you know, in Nigeria until uh, we we had an invasion from uh, foreigners <laughs> <laughs> who came in and mm-hmm. then uh, shared Jesus uh, with us let's say it's not up to uh, if it's too much now as you say a hundred and few years ago uh, then i wasn't even born okay. mm-hmm. you know then uh, christianity came to our shores and uh, our ancestors accepted it wholeheartedly though they resisted uh, gaining but uh, having to uh, trade with the foreigners on the ground that they are christians Mm. they had to they had to compromise their traditional religion just to trade with foreigners it wasn't actually that jesus appealed to us and then we accepted him no it was uh uh, it was based on we we needed to trade and we they they brought something they they sold to us and we feel we needed them as at that time in nigeria uh
1: it was an economic
4: decision yes then. it was an economic decision thank you decision so much uh and then uh,
1: it's like jesus
2: completely saves because if you don't accept jesus you don't get food or something right <laughs> something
4: something something like that so Ooh. uh over the time you know just took over and then uh, when we were born personally uh i was born into a christian family my father my mom my grandparents they were all christians you know so I found myself inside, and then you know life goes on until I decide to review some things, so that's it that's mm-hmm. the background
1: strong you were pretty much a what we call like a pastor's son then um here in the states like it was would you say a your PK? family was would you were just family like uh heavily religious or was it just like a mild influence to where it sounds like with it being an economic decision for you guys' nation um maybe not everybody bought in wholeheartedly at first but after cent- a century goes by i'm just wondering um what is christian life like is it uh we have evangelical um here is like a predominant christian belief system um would would it be considered evangelical as well um like uh did you guys believe in the power the blood of
4: jesus i guess <laughs> uh okay christianity in nigeria has a lot of phases and a lot of uh, uh aspects to it but predominantly here we have the pentecostal movement where um it's all about uh power all about revival all about the holy ghost you know and we still have this we still have the (laughs) orthodox (laughs) the orthodox christians and just like that but predominantly it is pentecostal Uh, And Nigeria is a very, very, very fertile ground for Christianity. Uh, Christianity has taken over Nigeria totally, you know. So you are ashamed to identify with any other thing in Nigeria if you are not a Christian. So that's how it is. It's Pentecostal mainly, and then uh, other denominations just like that.
0: So what got you started on your, like, deconstruction? Because I, I... I'm fascinated by this with the way your nation is. My impression is is like you say, like there's that sh- aspect of shame if you don't believe in Jesus or if you're not a Christian. So talk about your steps away from your belief systems.
4: All right, thanks, Elise. But um, the mine was, I think uh, I should Let me say I count myself fortunate that I had this flair for reading. I love reading, you know, so. I got exposed to materials, a lot of uh, writings that uh, first I wanted to be a very, very powerful pastor. That was the beginning. I wanted to be a powerful pastor. And so, in the attempt to be a powerful pastor, I had to read all the revivals, the revivalists, uh, the Ghost Generals. Then uh, I, I read everybody that had something to do with. Uh, The healing evangelist and everybody. So I started reading them, and then um, that broadens, it kind of broadened everything. And I didn't want to stop, I just wanted to know more. So I kept digging. You know, the thing about Christianity to me personally is that uh, it promises you something, and when you go out to get it, you really don't find that thing it promised. You know, so I got out, I wanted to get that power. That uh, I believe was there in Azusa, you know the Azusa stuff. Um, yeah. The, um, you know, I read what I could read fasted all I could, and then the power wasn't coming. So anything that will help, anything that I see to be uh, that will share knowledge with me that will enhance that my crave, that will make me, you know, receive what I was looking for. I started reading, and then reading and reading and reading and reading then uh i also got upon the gospel of grace that was i think that was the uh step that took me closer to where i am today i got to the gospel of grace uh, god doesn't want bad people so i started that was my background then i got into grace and i found that god was a god of love and i was so glad that uh, i found that truth that reality so i felt that was the height of revelation and then uh Uh, growing in that, I also get to find out that even grace was not so gracious, you know, Uh, a grace that, uh, a grace that, uh, that is selective, you know, a grace that is selective to me that is not that. That was in grace, That a grace that is depending Mm -hmm. on if you believe and you you do not believe. So I I started thinking about those things and, you know, just started questioning a lot of things. And I think that was what opened it up for me, you know. Uh, Gospel of Grace, first I started reading Charles Spurgeon. And then uh, I got uh, to to, uh, Joseph Prince, you know. I got to uh mass lucado and then whoever was writing grace i just got into everything that is grace and i started reading
2: i think that's you know probably the way a lot of us started questioning our christian faith was we thought hey man like i love the idea of grace but there are parts of the bible where it doesn't look like god's showing grace to people you know and it's That's problematic and so we start questioning that and we can't help as people who are thinkers and people who have logic to say well something doesn't really add up here Um, is that kind of what happened with you as well like as you're reading all this stuff about grace and you're starting to question and you're you're thinking about the Bible that you've read before um, what did that
4: look like you know uh, thanks uh, Chris grace that created hell was the first problem for me you understand mm. so a, a grace that had hell that was that was you know that was in grace I, I i couldn't i this this was my my uh thoughts pattern our ancestors that lived before these guys came and took away our culture and our tradition these guys were good our ancestors they were good guys know are you telling me that because they never got the chance to hear about jesus that they are in hell
0: yeah i don't like that either
4: (laughs) Ah, so i thought of that i was like and god is gracious what what kind what kind of grace was that so i started thinking about it but the thing is you just think to yourself you don't you don't say it out in nigeria uh uh as I'm talking to you, I've gotten uh, like three times my life has been threatened in Nigeria. That I, wow, I believe things like this. You know, there was a time my car was broken uh, because people, people weren't comfortable with the things I was sharing. They broke my car. They just a lot of things. You know, started happening. I had to hide. You know, at a point because I dared to question uh, what was popular. You understand? So.
1: I'm sure. And you're, and you're a pastor too, what you said. So you I mean yes. you have a congregation of people, um, with this deconstruction that you're in right now, like how long were you actually like a senior pastor? How long did you have a church before you did this? Cause a lot of pastors here in the States, when they go on into deconstruction, they end up like kind of like stepping away from that church. And it's interesting that you're bringing your church along with you for that. So uh, I can imagine they're being pushed back.
4: I've been pastoring for 13 years and um, as a church planter, you know. uh, For the past 10 years, I have preached what they like, what everybody was preaching. And uh, three years ago, when I started asking my questions, I was still preaching uh, the way I used to, but I knew within me that these things were not adding up. So I'll preach to the people it was kind of hypocritical though I was there was though I wasn't satisfied I was not telling them what was in what I really thought so I preached what I felt they wanted to hear because I need to keep the church running I have not got any other uh, uh, source of livelihood you know I have a wife and kids to take care of so I have to keep the church running keep telling them what they want to hear they are going to heaven, you know, they are going to escape hell. I kept saying those things, but I'll get home, I'll be crying, and you know, I'll just be crying. What am I doing? I wasn't finding joy, finding satisfaction. So I decided to employ uh, the method of teaching 12 amongst everybody. So I took out 12 people, started working on them. I worked on these 12 people for a year and some months, a year and 3 months precisely. And they saw they questioned it, they felt, you know, it's not easy uh, uh, to ask these questions. So I asked them this question, answered it for them, we studied together. Then I got the 12 to start thinking the way I was I, I was thinking and then uh, I set out for another 12 you know, got another 12, and this time we were now 13 people working on 12 people, you know, and then I just started that, you know, uh, gradually picking out the people working on them. But at the point I am now, I can stand uh, in church and preach whatever I want to preach.
0: Are people in your congregation finding the same, like, pushback? Is there threats on your congregation's lives that the same as you, because they're now believing the same things that you've come to believe?
4: Thanks. Uh, my congregants, you know, they are telling them they are going to hell. They are going to hell. They have uh, allowed uh, an antichrist lead them astray. Uh, those that were feeble among them actually pulled out. I, I had people walked out on me. They were actually the pillars. Those I consider to be the pillar of the ministry. So they walked out. Yeah. And then, uh, But the thing is, <laughs> they didn't stay out. And that seed just needed time, you know, to to grow. And, you know, the, the moment you ask your first question, you just keep going. I think it's a line. Once you cross that line, there's no going back.
2: I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Once you realize that something is not quite right with what you've believed for so long, like once you actually give in to those questions and go down that pathway, it's almost a form of enlightenment in the way that there's no way you could go back to believing anything than where you're at now. I I totally see that. Uh, One thing I do want to mention real quick before I let Seth ask a question is, is just to say real quick, wisdom is great on his Facebook lives. He always does, um, preaching and teaching on Facebook live and, and certainly you should go and follow him on Facebook. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, But one thing I really like that wisdom does, he always said, this is my opinion. You know, you don't have to believe it. It's my opinion. And uh, I think that that's a very healthy mindset to have. Um, You know, he doesn't force his opinions on anyone. He's just saying, this is what I believe, you know, and you're more than welcome to believe it too. And if not, hey, that's cool too. Um, So I really respect that you do that wisdom. Thank you. That's
4: great. Thank you so much. Thank you.
3: And I want to uh, just kind of back up what you were saying in that like deconstruction it's kind of like one thing after another it's kind of like a domino effect right like once one card falls the rest of them follow um, but I, I want to talk a little bit about um, the Ni- Nigeria specifically looking at you mentioned that Christianity is a really big deal. Is that like the primary source of income for a lot of people, like in your culture, in your society, to where they're kind of driven into the ministry? I was just curious, like, you know, what the comparison is like with the rest of the country.
4: All right, all right. In Nigeria, uh, I think uh, it's not, let's say, about 40 to 50 years ago, that was when uh, people started seeing the opportunity in pastoring in nigeria to being a pastor that uh, you can actually become wealthy you know uh just coming into the ministry and that came about uh true uh, am i allowed to mention names here or i should just keep people's identity uh, uh you're, you're allowed to say whatever one, you want one, to say
3: 100 up to you man
4: all right uh, so uh the one the person who broke that uh Kind of modeled that prosperity life, uh, gospel in Nigeria is the person of uh, late Archbishop Benson Idahosa, he's a very you know popular guy, uh, the first pastor to own a Mercedes Benz, uh, some 30 to 45 years ago. He's, wow. le- he's late now, so just after that, a lot of people started coming into the ministry, uh, owning private jets, you know, building university, and then. Uh, uh, in Nigeria, every young guy of my age that want to be a pastor has this orientation that is going to be big being a pastor. So I started uh, uh, as a full-time pastor, no part-time job because I believe you get into pastoring and you are cool. So the people are gullible. The people they, they want solutions. They, they feel that Jesus Christ of Nazareth is actually the way to get out of poverty, to get out of sickness, get out of um, the challenges of life. They don't want to take responsibility for their life. And then all you just need to do is come out there and tell them, yeah, uh, I'll pray for you and then money is going to come. I'll pray for you. You are going to get married. I'll pray for you. Uh, life is going to, Stop going well
3: it seems i mean it just seems kind of common i mean it's interesting how you mentioned that's a big way a lot of people become wealthy in the country it almost seems like that's what you're kind of led to do um and and you know all the promises that are thrown out that often happen and then don't come true you know it's, it's tough business
2: <laughs> but coming in big that's good so tell me this, you've, you've taken your faith and you've kind of deconstructed from it to where you say you're not even really a Christian anymore. Um, what does that look like now? Like, what is it that you believe and why do you still do teachings and call yourself a pastor if you're no longer quote unquote a Christian? And, you know, you even did a video the other day on being born again and how that's not really what is necessary and how, you kind of related it back to consciousness. So can you kind of tell us a little bit about what your belief system is now?
4: All right. Uh, Thanks, Chris. Uh, I believe that there's something to man that we are yet to be awoken to. There's something about uh, man, you know. I believe in our culture, uh, African culture, before Christianity came, I want to go back to uh, African spirituality, you know, before Christianity came here. uh, We had ways we handled issues of life. We actually didn't need this Jesus. We didn't need Jehovah. We had people in Africa who had insights into herbs and how they work. We had people who were naturally gifted as seers, you know, they... This thing, you know, the first problem I had with Christianity is that they taught me that everything that is good about me came through that religion called Christianity. And I don't want to believe that anymore because uh, tracing it back to my childhood, I knew some, there were some things that were so special about me that people wanted to identify with. You know, these things, I didn't get them because I professed Christianity and those things have been termed demonic i want to go back to i want to go back to myself i want to get back to being real you know i believe people can actually follow you for being you people can follow you for being real being yourself uh, you, you've got a way you talk to people. There's something unique about you, and people want to identify with that. I want to stop selling Jesus of Nazareth and possibly sell myself. You know, mm. I don't want to sell Jesus of Nazareth. I, I even dug into uh, trying to find how real that Jesus of Nazareth was. I don't want to get into that today, or maybe if you want mm. me to. I, the only person that. I- real is myself and that human being I can identify and relate with. I don't want to live by a book anymore. So I just want to bring out what is special about me, help people the way I can. And then that's, that's what I believe. And that is my, you know, just getting to know me, being alone, embracing the dark side and the good side and everything about me, trying to embrace everything about me. I just want to love myself and then teach people to love uh themselves also so that's what i can say for uh, regarding
1: wisdom i love it i love it um sounds a lot sounds a lot like the way your culture was taken over by christianity sounds a lot like what they did with like the native american culture here in america um basically calling everyone savages for having their own belief system that that did not look anything like um the european culture that you know christianity had came from at that point um tell us a little bit more a little bit more you mentioned some of like the highlights of like what like nigerian spirituality might have looked like before christianity um Kind of go into that a little bit more. Like what 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 were like the practicing belief systems at the time? Like what was the predominant? Was it a mini Is it a monotheistic god, or was it like a polytheistic sort of system? Um,
0: or ancestral yeah. worship? Or
1: yeah, I'm, uh, really, I'm really curious. Uh, and,
4: I'll, I'll go. I'll go with that. Ancestral worship was something uh, that was uh, dominant before these guys came. You know uh Africans we are very spiritual people,
0: yeah,
4: independent on Christianity we had a way we relate with our higher self and a lot of mm. people based on their on their mental capacity may have done that in ways that were inhuman you know when these guys came to africa they met practices that were not that comfortable like uh the killing of virgins during the barrier of monarchs to bury uh, uh traditional uh and um, what should i call them now kings and rulers you know mm-hmm. then uh, we the. the Yeah, they kind of believe that you have to send a virgin to escort the dead. You know that was a belief, and I believe that was based on their uh, their capacity, what they could see, because uh, they weren't educated. These guys, I I will also tell, uh, say though they brought a, a Christianity that kind of did more harm than good to us, but education came alongside. Enlightenment uh, followed Christianity to Africa. So when we got exposed to Western education, we saw that the way we treated people uh, were in that right, you know. I feel if they just brought education to us, that would have been better. Mm -hmm. So ancestral worship, I think ancestral worship was just the definition, you know. They worship waters also. They worship uh, the gods of the the sea, nature. nature you know, so, okay, many, so many ways, God. and they had results, I won't lie you because I think this thing had to do. It has to do with what you believe. I the only thing is that they did not understand that the ancestors they worship were once men like themselves. Mm-hmm. And uh they could actually have worshipped or tapped into themselves, and I think that was their undoing uh, but um I think that's the that's how far I can go you know in that uh, regard
1: it's deep brother I mean honestly, as I'm sitting here listening to you talk about this, it's reminded me of some guests we've had on recently um really reminds me of kyle butler's message a lot of that whole like yeah loving yourself finding yourself message and and um knowing that we're all literal g gods you know and even the message of christ here, able to and so it sounds like i'm saying all this because i see you nodding your head so it sounds like this is some revelation that you've experienced as well um how did you stumble across upon this as a truth, was this something that was like resonating deep inside you or where did you find some teachings? Was there was there, like, a particular book that like opened your eyes to the idea that you like, you mentioned that Jesus may not even have existed. Like, I mean like this whole like, so like um, the idea of self and, and worshiping self, where does that, where does that come from? Is that just from your Okay, I'm I'm asking the same question multiple different ways. So I'm gonna let you
4: <laughs> okay. Uh if if it came from a book, just we are here, my hands are there's no I'm not reading anything. If it came from a book, it won't be uh, this original and real. If you see I'm at peace, I'm relaxed. I'm just sharing what is real, you know. This is this is me just expressing myself, you know. Uh, okay. I can say because I was a devoted Christian wanting to experience the God of the Bible. I didn't want to fake it. That is happening. That does happen here. Also in Nigeria, a lot of people fake it. They fake Holy Ghost. They fake everything. You know, I did not want to fake it. If there is interpretation of tongues, let me, interp- let me interpret. If there is, um, Raising the dead, let me raise those that fainted. I want to raise the dead, you know. I want to get into real stuff. And while I was, you know, obsessed about that, uh, I kind of opened potters within myself, in, within my... Uh, th- there were potters that opened within me. And rays of truth started flashing out, you know, from that... Porter that opened within me the crave yeah. yes i had this crave for truth and i didn't know that i should seek this truth within myself so i tend to seek this truth out uh, outside of me but so long that desire was there the desire kind of opened opened up uh something within me you know this mm-hmm. this uh this hunger I had the hunger. I'm not going to lie about that. I had that hunger. You know, I needed to see Jesus. I needed this power. I needed to see this God. And that was all I needed, actually. I needed that hunger to open up my higher self. So that Hmm, helped me. And once that uh, door was opened and the light flashed out, I found the first realization was that God does not deal with me outside of me. That was the first realization I had. <laughs> yeah. That God had never de- no had any dealing with me outside of me. If there is any God, I have only experienced Him within myself. So that kind of brought that brought me back, took me out of Christianity, took me out of the church, took me out of the Bible, out of spiritual fatalism. That's something I think I will have to touch, you know, before uh, we are done today. Spiritual fatalism in Nigeria is is something else you know you have to have yeah. a spiritual father to succeed so i got out of all of that i came home and that was where the whole thing started for me
0: okay <laughs> so you said a a trigger word uh the spiritual father thing <laughs> my omar is my husband and and he and i worked in alaska as missionaries for a minute and uh that was one of the things was the spiritual fathers thing
1: He wrote a book on it.
0: Yeah, there was a guy.
1: (laughs) Guy wrote a book on it. He was so uh, thinking that he was inventing this whole idea. And yeah, I guess it's a big in the Pentecostal church too. This is really interesting listening to you speak wisdom. I mean, I'm going to let some other people ask some questions because I I feel like I could talk to you forever. I think it's, um, I will make this connection real quick and then you guys can take it wherever you want. But hearing you speak from this perspective of like, I'm looking inside of myself. This is the truth that I'm finding all the way across the world in Nigeria and having another friend of mine recently impact me with some of the same like words. Cause it's something that, and the reason why it impacted me so much is because it's something that I always knew was true already. And it's just kind of like my whatever you want to say my spirit or my thing just being like yes yes this is i mean it's kind of scary because you're abandoning a lot of things you were raised in but there's like truth in it there's life in it there's nothing that you're saying that i that i feel like jesus would even argue with in his messages and that's that's kind of like what's really crazy in all this and so if anything to me i'm like man like is this what god's doing now is this is this what we need as a message in like the quote unquote Christian church is like, like motherfuckers, you guys don't need me. Like quit it, quit, quit, quit it. Like, just like, like find, I mean, so many people here in the, in the States I don't know, is like always trying to find themselves. It's always like, no one knows how to like find themselves. And they're all always wrapped up in like other people's opinions of them and trying to like have somebody else tell them who they are. And, but this message is so true and so empowering, but like you said, you can't make money off of that. You can't, you can't keep people coming back because they feel like they need that because what they have, they have everything they need inside of them. So anyway, that's not a question. That's just a, I'm noticing
4: your message. I, 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 your message is beautiful.
1: And, and it's one that like um, I'm hearing. I think God's doing something
4: thanks yeah, that's right uh, i can I can't really classify this to be um the move of God because we've had move of God and they didn't end well, you know this move <laughs> of God <laughs> this move of God, and I don't want to bring it back to the to what we are coming out of, you know so mm-hmm. let's just see it as as a life, a way of life we need to embrace, you know and uh, not just call it uh, yeah calling it any religious we don't want to build a religion around this you understand the last thing we want to do is to build a religion around this because Uh, religion wasn't good. It wasn't cool at all.
2: It was already hard enough for all of us to get out of religion, (laughs) let alone try to get into a new one. (laughs) Yeah. I I really resonate.
3: I was going to say, isn't that (laughs) what (laughs) Fade de Grey is all about? That's (laughs) right. We're creating our own religion here. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that what we
2: did? I really resonate with your story wisdom because I've been listening to your videos and you talked about how... As a kid, you're telling your friends, Hey, my auntie's coming. And then two days later, she comes. And back then, there was no phones in Nigeria, you know? So, like, how did you know you just intuited it? It was something that you just knew. And I feel like I have a lot of that in me as well. I don't know if that's discernment. I don't know if that's, you know just being able to look at our consciousness and our oneness with everything and just knowing stuff. Like, I don't know what that is, but I feel like I uh, have similar gifts. So if you know what you were saying earlier is true that you don't, you know, need uh, Jesus to save you because you are already saved uh you are already able to you know do that for yourself like what do you have to offer to everyone what what is it that wisdom can offer to everyone as opposed to and and how do people find out what they can offer because everyone's probably got something that they can offer right especially with the idea of a collective consciousness that we're all connected somehow um to to love to a source whatever it may be the matrix um (laughs) <laughs> maybe the matrix, maybe we're in assimilation. I don't know. But like, how can people, how can people be okay with the idea of awakening that, uh, the self is what they need to focus on loving themselves Because once they can truly love themselves and stop worrying about pleasing a God that may or may not be there, you'll never be able to to definitively say, Jesus Christ is God and lives within me. How could you prove that? You never could, but you can prove that I exist and I have stuff to offer people. So like, how do you get people- You
0: have to breathe, Chris, so that he can answer the question.
2: (laughs) How do you get people to realize that and- what are the gifts that wisdom has to offer
4: all right thanks uh chris uh i feel if people really want to get to know what they have within them they should look at life how has life been with you how has you know we live our life trying to change the way life is leading us want to change what life has for us. We want life to, we want to take charge of life. But somehow, when we design the direction that life is taking us, because there's a direction you want to go, there's a direction you always, it, it seems you must go, you know. It's not every plan, every idea that works out. It seems there are things that are inevitable, they, they are bound to happen. I think we find ourselves most of the times in the inevitables. Hmm. I, I believe we find ourselves most of the times in the inevitables, you know. I believe that what I can't change is something I should learn from. Why am I making one particular mistake? all the time. Why is this circle? You know, Christianity wants to break the circle, but I think we have to go around the circle to learn and glean all the things that are there for us. And I think that's where we find ourselves. My life has been in a way, I I live a very super fast life. My life is, is, I have designed my life. You know, we read the Bible, we don't read ourselves. That's the problem. So Mm. I have studied the way things work with me. And I find that wisdom, this is you. And then in finding myself, in knowing myself, I find what I have to offer. Instead of breaking the circle, let's go around that circle and then get those things that make the circle keep coming. Get them out of uh, get the, the the lessons and i think that's where we find ourselves most times for me my life is a very fast life i i i got to understand that things work you know i i'm very fast in the things i got married at 22 22 years i was already married you know that wasn't really because i I'm, i was a pastor but i don't know what was pushing me you know there are some things about about us that we want to kill, we want to get rid of. We we think they are not perfect. Uh, we think they are they are too they are dark. I think that's where our true identity lies. You know, so you just embrace what is not right, what is not good, what is not. I before this uh, this we had this conversation before this uh, program came up. I wrote something that Cain shouldn't kill sin. He should love it. He should, I think you, know, you can just go through that article. So beautiful, you know. Um, anytime people consult me, they want to hear from me, I tend to have the right word to say at every given situation. I don't think, I don't really think about them before. They just, it's like there's this utterance given to me for every situation. And that's a great gift to sell to people. I believe that is, that, that's something to sell, that is marketable, you know, not really because you want to market something, but because it's going to go a long way helping people. They need to, uh, I am concerned, in Christianity, I was concerned about how Christianity will raise me, bring me to limelight, uh, how Christianity will make me big, but this time, I'm thinking about people, how I can be of help to other people. I'm not really thinking about myself. So I don't know if I was able to answer that question, but I just. No, that's good. I think.
2: I, yeah, absolutely. Like if people would stop trying to read the Bible and just read themselves, they could actually figure out who they are and what they want out of life. You know, no one knows if that's there's a
0: fantastic quote, by it the was way, great.
2: it was great. No one <laughs> knows amazing. if there's an afterlife. Nobody knows that you could never prove it. Either way, so all we're guaranteed is this one gift, this one shot at the present, and am I going to waste it following what may or may not be true from a Bible, or am I going to read myself and say, this is what I want out of life, and this is what I'm going to do? You know, I really think that's an important message, and I think you. if Thank people you. could really get behind that, they would stop living for a possible heaven or hell and start living right now, you know? Absolutely, that's fantastic.
4: Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was that was an interesting. And if you at
2: something, never do it for an, free. An,
1: an interesting statement, and I, I was <laughs> going to bring that up as well. Like, but yeah. of course, I mean, if your life has been a minister and you've relied on selling Jesus, and you're like, well, I don't want to sell the Jesus and Nazareth anymore, and it because it it seems like a bold statement to make to be like, hey. I, whenever people come to me, I, I always seem to have the, the right answers. But like, if that's something that like, I mean, why not believe in yourself? I mean, I, I mean, the only reason it seems bold is because we, we've been taught, especially in Christianity, that like, oh, no, you can't say something like that. But but you sure as hell can say, hey, I'm a prophet and, G- and Jesus is talking to me and I can hear from God. Why not be like, I have wisdom? I mean, like, I mean, my namesake, you know, and I can speak that. Like, why does it have to be? Why does it have to be attributed to a higher power to make that seem more humble? Like, or like, I, it's just it's like a sick thing. But like, it triggers me when you said that. I'm like, oh, you can't say stuff like that. But then I'm like, well, why not? I mean, why can't you? I
4: want to say so, something? I, I want sorry. I want to say something concerning that uh, part of it that uh, instead of attributing it to Uh, A higher person or God or Jesus, why have wisdom? I believe the first thing Christianity did, I'm talking about myself now, is to make me see myself from a bad light. I'm not good. I'm a sinner. Right. There's nothing good about me. Uh, I think Paul actually said that that in me dwelleth no good thing. You know, all those scriptures drummed into me that I have nothing to offer. He said that also, they said, Jesus said that without me, you can do nothing. But since I said I'm no longer a Christian, I've been doing stuff, you know, without him. Without him, I'm doing stuff, you know, and a lot of people are doing great without him. So this is to say it's not really about him. This is about you. This is about me. This is not about any anybody. This is about me. This is about you. And we have to start uh, getting to value ourselves and, you know, come to realize that we are not what religion said we are. We are better than that. So I just wanted to chip that in. I love that.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because that. you know what? My righteousness is not as filthy rags.
1: I mean, yours is, but I mean, (laughs) uh,
2: (laughs) I really want to hear from Seth real quick before we wrap it up, because I'm sure we're about ready to, but Seth seems like he's uh, not on board. I, I
3: find it triggering this. So Wisdom i 100 percent support you and support what you want to believe and 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 this journey that you're going through with deconstruction i actually think it's beautiful to see uh what's happening i'm on my own journey though and i'm not there yet so <laughs>
1: that's all um he's still circling yeah. the parking lot to like actually leave to go drive some yeah i just, just kind of <laughs> go in a circle uh it's ironic. <laughs> but yeah
3: so i i I, that's okay seth
0: just ask your question make your statement
3: (laughs) i don't have a statement i this has been a very interesting okay (laughs) oh nope i do there's something that i think that you mentioned is very important um that in going through this deconstruction process um that we don't make a religion out of it and that we that was mentioned, and we kind of chuckled about it, and a joke was made. But truly, I think that's a great point um, that we don't want to make. You know, this new reconstruction or what life looks like after we've deconstructed, but we don't want to create another religion in the process. We've we're escaping one. Let's not create another one. And I, I think that's a really good point um, and encouraging to see.
4: Thank you, <laughs> thank you thank you does uh, mm-hmm. does anybody
2: have any other questions for wisdom
1: no I appreciate you being here it's been a pleasure getting to know you and I've been pleasantly yeah. surprised um, the things that you said have been saying I think it's uh it it's um like I made the, the point earlier um, about some of our guests have been on this the same vein of recent and I'm wondering um, and I'll make this point real quick of just about it's, it's really interesting how many people that are deconstructing to this point um come from a pentecostal background and i'm wondering if it's that thing that you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about it being the whole grace message and once people like kind of like latch onto that as like truth to them and find that like somehow like freeing and empowering it's like you can't let go of that but you can't reconcile that with the rest of the book so it's kind of like, how, how do I do this? So that's a wonder. Yeah. I just think it's, um, awesome what you're doing and I appreciate you being on and sharing your story. And, um, I just really hope the best for you, man. And especially because it sounds like, uh, you're Thanks. getting, uh, death threats on your life and everything. Um, I want Chris to say a prayer for you real quick cause his, pa- I've seen his prayers come true. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I would just, you know,
2: put it out there to the universe to, you know, that that people would be unable to harm wisdom and that, um, you know, wisdom would be able to be himself without fear of anyone interfering with that. And that, uh, love would surround him and that he would prosper. And, uh, I put that out there and I really hope it comes true because I think wisdom's a great dude and um you know people deserve to be able to question things like this and uh, shouldn't fear for their lives for doing so and we take that for granted here because you know here in the United States I can say whatever the hell I want and I I'm not in fear of of my life you know I th- I wow I've never really thought about that, but we are definitely not persecuted like that here. And it's interesting that the Christians would be persecuting the non-Christians. The are, irony. It is The ironic. irony,
3: right? Yeah, it is. What, the, the faith all about love, self-sacrifice, humility, giving to the poor, giving to the needy. And we're in America where they're voting for Donald Trump. And in, <laughs> in your country, they're, they're hunting God, up. God, guns the country. I'm telling you. Jesus.
2: <laughs> well, Wisdom, when is your podcast coming out? Uh, We need a wisdom podcast.
4: Oh, something happened. My light (laughs) seems.
1: See, see what happened. They, they, they know you're talking yeah. bad about, about Jesus. They so you turn your power off now. So. Listen, this is what happens. I hope you're okay. Uh, we'll, we'll make sure Chris does a, a bonus check for you yeah, tomorrow.
4: You can only, you, you can, only hear my, <laughs> everyone my can voice ch- that You can see me. I don't know what happened to the power, but uh, it's all good. You know. I think uh, you guys are so so wonderful. You know. I just really have been looking for. Um a community of people that you know will be free uh, yes Polo. and accept what I have to say, you know
1: we'll have Chris we'll throw you into um and, and tell you about Marco Polo if you haven't heard about that before oh yeah, and it's uh
0: it's, the app, not the person uh,
1: yes it's an, it's like a face to face app kind of like Snapchat, but better your messages don't delete. We have a community of people um we often talk about things like this, and so um yeah, and it's free. Uh, well, it's free to be in our community. Yeah. Chris will tell you more about it. But basically, I was saying, like, it, it'd be a way that we can, like, you know, you know talk about the stuff, like, on a daily basis, kind of give you at least an online community, if n- if nothing else.
4: All right. All right. So
2: and uh everyone needs to make sure to go and and follow wisdom on facebook because he gives these type of messages all the time and it's awesome it's and they're short it's not like you have to devote an hour or two to them he, they're like 30 minutes and they're really fun and really good and uh i highly recommend it so wisdom we want to thank you so much for your time uh do you have anything else that you'd like to promote sir
4: mm, i have uh a, a, a patreon page where I've written um, up to thirty or thirty-five articles around everything deconstruction, you know Love that uh, I've gone through, and so I have that. And then uh, I'm working on I'm working on a lot because right now I want to actually uh, be more on the social media than I think uh, I the the message is there are uh, receptivity the reception there is better than. What uh, right now, I can't really go and do evangelism and tell somebody, hey, I want to evangelize to you to, you know, get out of Christianity, get into yourself. And, you know, I have uh, I've gotten so much threats for just being myself. So why get into more trouble? So it's just within mm-hmm. me. And then my wife also, I've taken my wife through the journey. She came from a Catholic background. You know, oh, wow. it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy for her. also took her through the journey. My dad, I took my dad through the journey, you know, uh, just trying to win uh, over. You know, one good thing about deconstructing is that you you get your family back. Mm. You get your family back because um, religion created a lot of rift between us here because in Africa, we suspect everybody. My father is a wizard. My mom is a winch. Everybody... Uh, you know, Jesus is saying that um, I should not get close to people. I should not be equally yoked with unbelievers. You know, a lot of things, you know, cut off relative, my cousins, everybody just. But deconstructing, I am able to love them with their imperfections. I'm able to, you know, become human again. I think it is doing more for me as a person than um, as a pastor or as a church leader just get if getting to heal getting my family back is all i get i think that's worth it
2: absolutely Hmm. yeah and and what's your patreon can you tell us uh like a link
4: uh i don't know how we share that but i'll share that with you chris is that okay
2: yeah and we'll put it in the show notes and we'll share it on facebook as well yeah okay yeah, that's great. Well, um, I love your message, wisdom. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us, uh, and we'll definitely keep in touch, man. Okay,
4: thanks. <laughs> Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks, thanks, wisdom.
2: Cashback